Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham, and with me, a special guest, Eric Manahan. Oh, look. Did I do it? Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. All right, man. So this is part of the podcast where I let our guest, which is yourself, to introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers out there of where you are, where you're heading, uh, where you've been in the past, you know, all that good stuff. Just a little synopsis. Okay, I can do that. I think I can do that. Um, as you said, I'm Eric Manahan. Um, I am uh, essentially, I'm the Matt Black Studio. I'm making a game called Lucid. Um, it's a love letter to like my childhood gaming experiences, like those, uh, uh, I don't know, like the SNES era, like uh, 32-bit era kind of uh platforming metroidvania i've been affectionately calling it the world's first celestoidvania because of the heavy celeste influence but um yeah i've been doing game dev as a hobby for i don't know for like 10 years i used to be an architect and i was doing it then as like a hobby and uh architecture mm, sucks the soul out of every living thing in a 10 mile radius so i was really not enjoying it and uh yeah uh, my little side project my little bedroom project lucid started picking up some steam with support from my fiance she was just like uh go for it like she helped me pull the trigger and uh, a few years later we're talking to you brandon Geez, all right. right, what a journey. Believe it or not, you're like kind of my second architect turn developer. Get, There's get not out much. Of here. Yeah, it was a it was a good friend back at um Turtle Rock, but his entry was back in Valve and Half-Life where they were very open to other disciplines coming in. One of the first, right? 20 years ago. Uh and he ended up you know, working on Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2. Um but yeah, I mean that's a actually an amazing journey. So you understanding that you went through the the schooling college route, dedicated a good portion of your adult life to architect. So when when exactly did you feel? Is it just like the industry started like, hey, this is not exactly how I felt. Yeah, it that's okay. Pretty much, yeah, man. Um, uh, yeah, I went to school for the, the five year program. Um. For, for anyone that care architecture, you either have to do like four year, then go back and take a test, or you go to a five year program, you don't have to take some tests. Um, so I did that, and the schooling portion was awesome. I love the the concepts, the design. It teaches you how to like think about you know tra- traversing through spaces and color and shape, all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, that was awesome. I really loved that. Then you enter the workforce, and then it changes because then you have to deal with like clientele. And uh, I happened to stumble into high-end residential in New York City. And there is a very specific kind of person that you deal with a lot. And uh, it was just kind of oil and water. My personality just really didn't vibe. And I just always felt wrong and out of place. And uh, I met some like really cool people, like coworkers. But for the vast majority of my experience, it was pretty pretty miserable. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I fell out of love 
I, like, I tried to, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to like this. And I tried to for the longest time and it just never worked. How many years did you? Uh, about 10 plus ish. Like you did give time. or take with like interns and stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. That is a sentence. Um, yeah. I, I can totally relate to that. I mean, longtime listeners know kind of my story, but as a background, I always felt <clears throat> it doesn't matter what industry. I think as a creative, mm-hmm. I think back my college years were the most fun in terms of the purity of it. It's like the art, you know, just making a game. It's like pure art. Yeah. But going to the industry is it's like you said, you know, the, the political side of things and it became less as you climb the ladder, it become less and less about the art. It becomes managing a lot of people, right. Dealing yeah. with a lot of people. Lot and of the funny thing is, yeah. And, but like we found like really lifelong friends as well, right. The, the guys in the trenches are getting, but exactly. like, yeah, anything outside of that was um, was very uh, deterring for of our creative output. So it was a very similar journey. And a lot of people, I think, in AAA have the same exact feeling. A lot of what you see in in games is that a return to more indie, more side projects, hustles, smaller teams, you know, just yeah. more, more. It's input. like less, um, a little more like honed in creative vision, um, a team of. I've been doing my very best to work with people I, A, like, are super talented and I respect, and but on the secondary, uh, that's secondary, but first is get along with and uh, uh, can, like, hold a conversation and just enjoy being around. That was a, a big, big priority to the, the, the little team that I've been developing behind the scenes. Yeah. All right, let's, let's get into the, the heart of it, man. We're, we're talking about, you know, the passion project. So when exactly... Did you start tinkering? I mean, similar, you know, I'm, I'm guessing with architect, well, different, completely different tool sets, <laughs> right? But like, I, sort yes of, no. really? Are you guys using the same Maya Mac? I thought you had like your own, like, it was AutoCAD oh, or like, what, what I, was? my bad. Tool sets, like literal tool sets. Um, yeah. Sometimes uh, I know the one I'm using for the game I'm making, you're right. Like very different tool sets. Um, but, uh, I've seen uh, I've seen Maya used in architecture. I've seen like Rhino, Maya, 3D Max. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a 2D guy. Okay, okay. Oh, you're the straight up sketch guy. Yeah, oh my yeah, god, even more guy. impressive. <laughs> so you're just hand drafting these things, <laughs> blueprints. Oh, oh, they start as sketches, and then I turn them into tiny little uh, pixels. Uh, oh, okay. I, I push pixels all day. Okay, so when you started to kind of rediscover yourself right uh, explain to the good people when exactly this hobby festered like into oh, man good question um it actually started in um studio uh, studio is kind of your architecture in school that's like your main class like you care a lot about studio you live in studio actually you have no social life as an architecture student um and it was late i think it was like maybe my last year or second to last year, but it was super late at night, like three in the morning. And I was uh, trying to rush to a deadline and I was like burnt out. And I was like, I need to take a break. And I start reading some articles on Destructoid. Yeah. And uh, I stumbled upon an article about a demo to this little pixely Metroidvania game called Iconoclast. And uh, it was like the this alpha build of this game I've never heard of. And it looked gorgeous. And I played it. I'm like, oh my God, it's awesome. And I like read the article further. Um, it's made by one guy. I'm like, get the get out of here. Uh, so I 
it must have been my like sleep deprived brain that was like, you should email this person and they and just talk to them. And I, I would never do that. It's just it's not my thing. But uh, so I email him and he responds and he gives me all this information about uh, programs and how you get into it, how you learn. And so I just kind of started picking at it and uh, this little hobby. Uh, I, I kind of like got consumed and I'd be at work and I would just like be on forums and I started in Game Maker. So I would just kind of read forum after forum after forum about coding, about Game Maker, about learning pixel art. And I just kind of like um, submerged myself in uh, the industry, even though I wasn't in it. And, uh, I was, I also fell in love with, I don't know if you remember that documentary. It was like indie game, the documentary that yeah, was the, following us. Uh, yeah. Meat Boy. And the uh, original indie and, guys. Yeah. yeah and that I, I've watched, I would watch that just like on repeat uh, as I was working on lucid in my bedroom, like late to the hours. But yeah, I was like romanticizing, like making my game. I never, ever thought at the time I would, be here it was always just kind of like making a little project mm. in the corner of my apartment in new york city but yeah so that's how it started i mean it definitely um it's it's resonating i think a lot of what, what's funny is you kind of shortcut even though you went the you had a whole different professional life right you yeah. you, you, you bypass you know another loan you know another set of schooling um which you know i i as many would say they don't regret but you know it does cost a lot i mean those are expensive friends essentially that you're making right yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah, yeah architecture was a very expensive uh piece of paper for sure yeah for sure but like you know the the i i think because of your maturity at the time of maybe in your drunken burnout state you basically you know asking someone and they give you like the, the outline of like this is what you need to do is like actually uh what's missing to a lot of i think young kids out of high school right they don't have that mentor or nowhere to go i i i would hope with online resources now it's easier than ever to to reach yeah. out to people but i i think back then if i were to have that mentality would have been still difficult, right? Uh, to kind of do that cold call thing. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I would have been. Yeah, it would have been hard to avoid college. Basically, I know some <laughs> friends that have, like a lot of these guys who came into the industry self-disciplined, such as yourself, mm -hmm. superstars. You know, they just have that mentality. Uh, completely debt-free, <laughs> super <Yeah>. jealous. <laughs> Uh, but like it's it's it is a it is a gift once you um once you discover something like an easier route for sure i agree it's, it's a lot of from what i've read and like uh I, I would other people i've talked to who i admire and look up to and want to emulate it's very uh the a through line seems to be like a very go proactive make the first move and like don't don't be shy and i've tried to um push that um, idea forward. Um, a lot of uh, the friends in the Lucid Discord, or they ask, like, you know, questions about how do you do XYZ? This, and I'm like, never be afraid to ask. Oh, I'm always here. But also, if you have other games you want to be a part of or like, or just, just email them. Like, not, uh, I don't know, six, seven times out of 10, they respond. Like, they, yeah. they want to talk and they want to uh, help and make the industry bigger and better. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's so many resources, uh, like you mm. mentioned, Discord, online communities. Yeah. Uh, to constantly. YouTube is if, godsend. Yeah. Like, I've it's learned amazing. more through YouTube than I think I did at university. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Everyone's so giving uh, for knowledge and information. And the access is there for, for, for anyone, really. Uh, I would love to kind of discuss and, and dive a little deeper in the, the transitional. Right? I'm guessing you still had your full-time thing. You're going through a crafting uh, kind of uh, discovery, right? Um, to just get better at techniques, I'm thinking. I would love to kind of hear more of that arc of, all right, sure. you know, I'm diving in. How, how long did, was that exactly before you Ooh, eventually um, dedicated more time? It feels like a long time. <laughs> it feels like it was 10 years. It Because it, the... It started around 2013 is when I sent that email and just started tinkering. And it was just yeah. such tinkering. I was just like blind and, and dumb and just poking things and doing things wrong. Um, and that happened for a while. Um, it I didn't start to like kind of feel like a good grasp until maybe like 2015, 16. Um, and so I'm doing architecture. I'm uh, applying everything I learned in school and learning how to do in the real world. But I, I can't say I regret architecture school or going that route because it gave me so many um, like principles and design tenants that I applied into game design. And uh, like for quick example, it's just like a floor plan. You have to like lay it out and space your progression in a very deliberate way, trying to coerce or influence people to move through the space the way you intend yeah. and all you have to do is flip that uh, on its axis yeah. and then you have a side scroller and you just right. kind of do the same principles in a, on a platformer and uh, it trans uh, those ideas transfer really well um, so I did that for a while but then around 2017-18 uh, I noticed it was becoming like uh, it was all encompassing and it was starting to affect my uh, relationships and work and uh, I never thought I would actually pursue it. So I had to like pump the brakes, went on a hiatus for a long time. And that's when the crippling depression from the industry really started to uh, sink in. Uh, it was really bad. It was like, uh, uh, just like you didn't, you know, there's like no end in sight. You, yeah. you don't know what you're going to do. And uh, I was just laying on the floor one night and I'm staring. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And uh, my fiance was like, you should pick Lucid back up. It made you so happy. I'm like, are you sure? Because like I did it all the time. And she's like, you need to do something you like. Like, just go do it again. So I picked it back up. I wanted to learn Unity anyways. So I rebuilt it from the ground up in uh, Unity. Um, and then I started making pixel art. And this whole time I was doing pixel art just like on the side uh, for fun, like not game related at all. Um, so my pixel art skills kind of kept leveling up as well. And there was a few pixel art posts on Instagram that really just kind of took off and it got some eyes on the project. And uh, yeah, that's when it really started to pick up some steam. And that's when it was like, I think, I think this might actually have some legs. And then, uh, yeah. And then she said, uh, yeah, go for it. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. 
Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. How was, um, you know, COVID happened? I, I don't know if you knew. Uh, oh, yeah. What I've was heard that? <laughs> what was the? What was that like? Did that accelerate this process? Because yes. now you have more of a okay. Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. Totally did. Um, it was one of those work from homes where work from home was like the greatest thing for me. I just like uh. The well, architectural of, that that is not a thing right remote working is not a thing at all it is, or is it, it is definitely not a thing they like they okay. want to in the office they tried pulling us into the office so hard and i was just, I was just like no i'm not <laughs> not doing it can't make um <laughs> uh yeah they yeah but um so i was able to get my work done as quickly as possible and what's great is once it's done, there's no, it's like, it's done. And you submit it at the end of the day. And then in the between, I'm like, oh, I have all this time to work on this. Uh, so, yeah, I got a lot of work done uh, with uh, on my off hours. Of work. Yeah. 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 I, I think that was the, um, that was the most, well, I think that was a plus <laughs> from that period because it was crippling. Uh, uh, I think for a lot of people forced yeah. uh, to not go anywhere, but for those who use it as an opportunity, I saw a lot of people thriving. Um, yeah, my, my fiance yeah. is one of them. It's just, it's a, it's definitely a, a personality type. Some yeah. people, like you said, thrive um, being around people and seeing people and having that routine. And uh, I was, uh, uh, I, yeah, using the word fortunate is really weird, but uh, I was not that, and I thrive being home alone and just working. So uh, it benefited uh, the work situation was benefit to me. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard talking it, uh, giving it like a positive spin when COVID was so <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like yeah, a silver lining was um, I got to stay home and be with my fiance and my dogs yeah. and uh, work. Uh, and oddly enough, a lot of um, friend like relationships with friends strengthened. Um, like you got a new appreciation for like your 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 crew, and um, you have like text threads that were just dead for a while reemerged, and new um, you know like rekindling high school friendships and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't want to sit here and <laughs> praise COVID too much. But uh, well, yeah. it's a it's a it's a sentiment I think has been echoed uh, a lot ever since. I think everyone had uh, an existential um, kind of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, consideration, yeah. <laughs> or at least uh, at the very least, right? Like everyone yeah. was just like, should I, do I want to work eight hours a day away from it? Do yes. I want to commute two hours? You know, everyone were changing careers or, or not quitting jobs in a large yeah. part, switching industries like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know anybody? Because I had a handful of friends who did that. They even architecture for sure. They like jumped the ship, and now they're doing like streaming uh, illustrations, game dev. Um, I don't know, uh, jewelry making. 
Do you yeah. have any uh, friends I, that did? I, I talk at length. Um, I think the the one who are serious are, are are doing really well after the switch. The ones who were kind of like gun ho and didn't really think it through or are kind of regretting it. It's like, Oh, maybe I should go back because now they're going back in the office and they're meeting these people where they didn't care about earlier. Uh, uh-huh. So I'm seeing regrets, but there was a lot of people at then because we were getting like government checks and people's like, you know, and people were not in this. She's like, man, I can pay more of this than my regular. I see a lot of bartender friends, or like, uh-huh. you know, uh, hospital hospitality industries you know they yep, were, yep. yeah it, it was pretty much everything that you can read on the stats it, it was i was hearing it uh directly or second connections or whatever um but overall i think it was good because for those it, it was a great time for everyone everyone to experiment right just to, to at mm-hmm. least get the the curiosity out and have no regrets um, yeah. Even if they failed or succeed, right? It's it's a, yeah. It's a it was very. Um, I might be, I might be totally butchering this, but I think it's a European thing. But um, it or it's pretty American that we get, we have to like kind of decide what we want to do so early, and then you kind of yeah. have to just run with it. And I I believe uh, in more European cultures, they have a little bit more breathing room to figure out what they want to do. They're not like right. locked in step right out of college. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something we can borrow from there. But we do have all the best companies over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there yeah. there is a there is an outline. <laughs> I, I, I I you know, I have friends too. I was like, Oh, in Italy you, you work two hours a day. I was like, All right, what was the last tech company that came out of Italy? <laughs> it's like nothing's coming out of there. All right. Yeah. Even, even our pizza is rivaling them. So. <laughs> Dude, oh, I I got spoiled. Living in New York was, uh, you go anywhere else and you're like, you call this pizza? Exactly, exactly. So I was like, I get it. And I think, you know, to each their own and whatever your focus is. But there is, you know, to get things done, you got to work. Oh, big time. It just really depends. The the passion behind it has to be there. And I'm totally... A believer in that it's like something's missing you gotta think about what else right 100 yeah. percent. i i've worked i work so much harder and longer now that i'm working on something i give a shit about exactly like, i mean the hours are ridiculous if you would if you told anyone like if you had like an employer and you had to work these hours like that is harassment you need to leave that is not good but when you're doing it for yourself it's like uh really rewarding fulfilling and like it's hard to go to sleep because you don't want to stop. Yeah, it's it's something that um, you know, I I didn't switch industry. I stuck to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, went to college for game art and design. Went into industry as game art and design, but because of the other factors, it was wearing me down. And I went through a similar crisis. I think it's like when you hit your thirties or something. You're like, hey, what am hey, I dude. doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> My yeah. life. It's like a yeah, quarter yeah. life crisis, right? Uh-huh. And uh, it and it was more of a return of a reminder of uh my my youthful self you know it's like hey man you went into this because you like and you you forget your way a bit yeah. i think uh because of bills and responsibilities and mm-hmm. you know hanging out with a girlfriend or whatever right <laughs> yeah. uh yeah, your and, north and star kind of gets muddy or like exactly. blurry exactly yeah. so like i would love to think that most people are able to correct their path and maybe covid on a global scale did that but a lot 
of people just carried on. Like I was meeting people in late forties, fifties, just burn out and they just clocking, clocking out and games and making games. Right. So it was wow. like, yeah. So it was, it, they, they just got numb, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just easier to stay numb than to, you know, try hard and be disappointed again because of other factors besides work. Right. It's just people, yeah. hungry people, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toxic people or whatever. That was something I'm so bad at. I'm so bad at doing the uh, office politics stuff. I can't do it either. Dude. I have no I, patience. I was always told like, just, I was always told you have an eye for this. You just kind of like yeah. kiss ass. I'm like, I don't do that. I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't do it. And they're like, well, then you're not going to get promoted. I'm like, what does that say about the industry? Like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's, I mean, and of course that's your manager or. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the asshole uh yeah. so it makes it harder but yeah same same thing man i think creative industry especially have very similar issues um the the people who can make the difference want to create and the people who likes power get promoted usually 100 percent. yeah um, my, the missus she works for a uh i don't know if i'm allowed she works for a super prestigious visual effects company like yeah. um the creme de la creme yeah. and uh like over just hearing um her meetings and like the ego is like dead like oh, yeah. everything before that all like the lower tiered companies they like want to have this bravado and there's all this like political nitpicking and like sides but like when you're at the top top like you don't have to have that ego and like they just respect everybody like it is it is something to see like i didn't think a company could operate yeah. this way and it's super impressive and like they're supportive and um it it was like um uplifting to know that like there are companies out there that like put the work first yeah. and uh yeah. like put the egos aside that's good yeah I, it, it, they probably went through a, a bunch of destruction states <laughs> to get to that point this <laughs> is true. yeah oh uh, yeah quick. how did they get there i'd like <laughs> yeah. to think yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> But uh, getting back to you, man. So, you know, you went through this period, COVID accelerated, finally pulled, pulled the trigger, right? And during that time of development, were you building up like a community for reassurance? What was your kind of like uh, uh, support to kind of go forth with, you know, making it more of a commitment? What was the, cool. the factor? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I didn't. I, I was definitely building a community and it, I think it was kind of happening without me knowing it. And then when I started to realize what was happening, I, I, I had to give it a home. Um, I, I think it started on Instagram. I was um, super active on Instagram and I was befriending a lot of these super talented people and really fun. And um, it really started to blossom when like, like it was starting to pick up steam steam and uh i needed to i was like i think it's time to make a discord i think i have enough interaction to warrant a place for everyone to hang out and when i did uh everyone came by and it's one of the most if without that discord i'd go crazy but uh everyone's super um supportive and they help each other with their art they've done projects together they've been super interested in lucid they uh incredibly supportive and uplifting and even on a they're like, they sometimes operate like um white blood cells to a wound mm -hmm. well or say like i'll make a post 
And there's always going to be, <laughs> there's always somebody out there that'll be like, this pixel's off and it's garbage and it sucks and you suck too. And you should yeah. just quit. And you're like, cool, man. Thanks. I poured Get my out of your mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the way, yeah. And your mom's ugly too. Uh, thank you. Um, but yeah, when that happens, um, I'm fortunate enough to have a community that'll come in and just kind of like bring positivity and it's infectious. And once people start seeing positivity, it's so interesting to watch. If the few first comments are positive, the following comments are positive. If it starts off negative, it just starts trickling with more toxic. Um, So yeah, on a operational side, uh, the community has been awesome in that sense. But um, yeah, I don't think I kind of created it like intentionally, it, it sort of just kind of organically grew, but um, I'm very grateful for them. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's one of the hardest things, like working in isolation, especially being a one man army, right? Um, having some type of community to push you along, especially through the tough times. Yeah, uh, I would love to hear more about that. I mean, like. As a creative, you you know, hit roadblocks. You're like, is this mm-hmm. worth it? What am I doing the right things? Should I keep mm-hmm. pushing? What was the most uh consistent thing that you would fall back on to kind of continue to to go forward and, and finish the goals? Um, I would say if ever I'm feeling kind of tired or um something's not working and I'm getting frustrated. Um, I'll usually either just type into the general chat of the discord being like, Hey guys, what do you, I just, what are you guys working on? Um, how's everyone's week going? And then getting out of my head, hearing what they're going through, um, taking a break and helping them with their project. If they have design questions and just kind of switching gears and giving back to a community that's given so much to me that really recharges my drive. Um, aside from that, um, I actually, what really helps is I put on uh, studio Ghibli movies. I watch, ah, there you go. dude, it's just something about something about those movies where I just like every frame and there's just so much passion. And I, I try to, I want to channel that love for their art form. Yeah. Um, and it just gives me such motivation. I'll watch Princess Mononoke and repeat. I'll watch Spirit Away. I'll watch uh, even Totoro. Just almost any Ghibli movie makes me happy and ready to work. Yeah. That's what I do a lot. I, I recently went to like a quartet that were playing all their music. What? The music itself was funny. Yes. I went to the quartet. I live in Orange County. They had like a quartet. But at the same time, the composer was playing in Hollywood bowl at that same time. I didn't know <laughs> I would have went but it was nice and intimate it was like candlelit quartet I mean, it was kind of oh funny. that's awesome but the music yeah I get the same feeling just by listening to the music it just mm-hmm. has like a very jolly like youthful spiritual yes. I've been um throwing around the term um like optimistic melancholy yeah um yeah it's it does, a, yeah. an atmosphere that I've been trying to like inject into every nook and cranny of lucid but I think they Ghibli um do it in spades like it effortlessly it's just so beautiful like every, almost all their movies have this like dichotomy of like beautiful nature and then war and then like there's an it's like there's a gray middle ground of uh 
like the cycle, very cyclical, very, um, but they encapsulate this sadness, but also this optimistic, like hopefulness. And it's a very inspiring. To me. Yeah. Uh, it's um, definitely art feeds into art for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I do the same exact thing either through the music or having some kind of, you know, animation going. Um, what other uh, music do you listen to that gets you outside of Ghibli? Man, so this is probably I train myself. I list it's like it's like it's bad to say Kanye nowadays. But <laughs> the original Kanye college dropout, the you know the his first two albums was what I had on repeat nice. in college. You know, just yep. trying to finish the demo rail. So it, yep. it like kind of triggers like a thing in me to like yes. get back to that state of like yeah 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 let's get into it. Um, Usually, if I want to get things done, I do that. Um, or, or just uh, uh, Ania Morricone, uh, the you know the good, the bad, the ugly composer. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh, was it Gold? What's his um, Ecstasy of Gold? You know that that mm-hmm. that kind of soundtrack. Just yeah, orchestra music usually gets me going. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you're into um, orchestral music. Is that something you listen to a lot? That and Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> He just needs to do an orchestral uh, album now, and you'll yeah, be but, like, oh. yeah, yeah. But something about orchestral music just um just makes me want to work. It, it, it's the it's the same feeling you get when you go to Barnes and Noble, right? When you just they have the music going, and he's like, I got to read more books. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love reading books. Books yeah. are fantastic. And then you leave, yeah. and they're like, That's... I'll never read a book ever again. <laughs> Why would I ever read it when I could just listen to it? It's so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. Why is it? I can't believe Reading's it still exists. <laughs> yeah. But every time I go through, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad it's still around. And yeah, man, like the coffee smell and that paper. Yeah, something about have, that uh... paper. They have that, yeah. And speaking of architecture, they 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 really nailed down that oh, feeling. Yes, of- that is. Um, we did a case study on that. We, like we studied the um the layout of like what they did in a Barnes and Noble. It was oh. it, everything was very intentional, and it's it was impressive. Like before architecture school and all my friends, <laughs> I would go in and be like, Oh dude, they did this and this. And they're like, Eric, shut up. We do not care. I'm like, yeah, but look, it was, the, they put this column here because of this, like, shut up. I want my coffee and just shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Science. But yeah, Barnes and Noble's yeah. a great design, uh, a feat to like get you in a zone. Yeah. So good. It makes you want to learn stuff. Um, but yeah, there's something about that for sure that kind of gets me going and I, I relate that to the music and the type of stuff. Um, uh, you know, Ghibli, like films like that, like I've seen a million times, I can play in the mm-hmm. background. Yeah. But if it's like John Wick, I'm like, <laughs> I get oh. distracted. <laughs> I'm like, this is not good. I'm just watching the movie five yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like all the action. Yeah, I can't do action movies anymore. I, I get distracted too quickly. I th- John, uh, Keanu, I threw on the Matrix thinking, I'm like, I've seen this a hundred times. Yeah. I've just listened to it. And then, of course, it gets to the Agent Smith. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, do, the, do the finger thing. Do the finger thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's certain tricks uh, definitely works, I think, for all creatives. But yeah, mm-hmm. some stuff are, are, yeah, distracting for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, with Lucid, was what was the, for those who don't know, right? For those, just to kind of walk through, what was the motivation, the idea, you know, these, these feelings that we're kind of trying to conjure up? Like, what, what, was, what was the inspiration for this, so the type of games that you've been playing that you're like, hey, I've always wanted to make? 
this? Yeah. So definitely it, it lucid. I had mentioned that um, at some point I kind of did a rebuild. So before the rebuild, it was a way more standard or typical uh, run of the mill Metroidvania affair. I was, I love super Metroid. Um, so super Metroid's DNA is heavy into it. Um, I also love Mega Man X. Um, so that's in there too. You'll see if anybody sees any of the footage that's probably playing. Um, hope, I hope you can see the, uh, the love letter to those two. Um, but then what really kind of set it apart and I found the, the quote unquote, the fun um, is that I, after the hiatus and I went back and built it in, rebuilt it in unity, I had played um, Celeste and I had played Mario Odyssey and um, even the, the Spider-Man four or, or Spider-Man on PS4. And I learned some new things. And one of those tenants was uh, mobility has to be as engaging as quote unquote, like the, gameplay or what I like combat and because uh, what you're doing from instance to in instance of combat is moving and if why are you wasting time having that movement not be fun um, because in Mario Odyssey just moving around feels great Spider-Man moving around feels great and then uh, so movement was a huge big big thing and then Celeste was I don't know if you've played Celeste but there's this portion where you jump and if you hit these little nodes your resources refresh like your jump resources and that was like oh, and also in the messenger that does it too but that was so fun to me and uh, I started incorporating that into the new design of Lucid and uh, I was making this course in my uh, Unity scene and I was playing, I replayed this course like for an hour and a half, just trying to do it faster and faster and faster and faster. I was having so much fun. And all of a sudden it was like light bulb. I'm like, oh my God, this is the game. And uh, I just ran with that. And uh, it's been work. Every idea kind of just kept slipping in so well. So yeah, Super Metroid, Mega Man X, Celeste, and then uh, the world of um, like colorful roster of characters like is like the Zelda influence. I love Zelda. I love the world they build. Um, and then I'm a, I'm a nineties baby or I guess eighties, 88. Um, but I grew up on that. I don't know if, I don't know if the audience or you know what I'm talking about, that there was a nineties anime kind of feel like if you watch Toonami, there's just this yeah. vibe around that nineties anime. And, uh, it kind of links to the uh, Ghibli thing we were talking about earlier, but there's this vibe that I, I love and I wanted to inject that into this game. So uh, between that gameplay and that vibe, the music, um, if those are all those things that are kind of circling and you swish it around and you get lucid. Mm, nice. Well, like the, a lot of the difficulties for even professionals and indie is the getting started part right to get momentum going to continue mm. with it uh were there like you know special programs to kind of help you brainstorm put ideas was it just sketchpad like what exactly kind of helped you kind of put all these ideas together to kind of filter through and and, and actually get something totally. you know meaningful to kind of jump off of kind of old school man uh yeah. pen and paper pen and paper yeah i had so um had a whole notebook of stuff dude I, where is it oh it's right here um this notebook is oh no it's not this one but i had a little moleskin and um 
I would on my breaks and my lunch breaks in architecture, I'd go to uh, Starbucks or Barnes and Noble actually. And, um, uh, I would just write down my ideas do my sketches. Um, and I think that kind of comes from the architectural background. I was very pen and paper, like doing sketches. So it was very easy to, it, it was already a habit. Um, but then for programs, um, I started out early in with a free pixel art program uh, called Piscal. Um, it was a web, a web pixel art on a website. And, uh, I started there. Eventually I got into a Sprite and I can't, uh, this is a paid, this is paid. It is not paid advertisement for a Sprite, but I, I feel like I should be. I love their program. And I'm constantly telling everyone, if you want to do pixel art, pick up a Sprite. It is fantastic for, um, uh, stationary pixel art or animation, both. It does both. And, uh, I live in that program. Um, so yeah, sketches. And then I go into there and, uh, transfer the sketches to the pixel art and then uh, the pixel art goes into unity and uh, we have a game. But, uh, yeah. It's not, nothing too fancy. Uh, I wish I had a, like a, a, a an answer, a, a, a program that kind of answers that question better, but yeah, you know, it's just some pixel art program and a sketchbook. Mm-hmm. Like I know initially you kind of went into this. I want to do this. It's uh, it can't be done with one person. In any part of this journey, did you ever consider partnering up, you know, seeing people, Discord community, people interested? I'm sure people reached out. I can help out. Yes. What was this? Yes. I, I thank you. Everyone who reached out. Thank you. Thank you. But I've gotten hundreds of emails of like, hey, I don't know if you've gotten a sound designer or a musician. I'm like, I have. I mean, a part of me is like, if you had, if you really looked at the projects, you would have known because i place it all over that I'm working with my fiance. She's doing the music. I'm working with a good friend, Andy, but get tons of, um, tons of musicians reaching out. But, um, yes, working with someone, um, I really, it was really important to me for the longest time to be a solo dev. And, uh, I've been a solo dev for a long, long time. Um, I, I just kind of romanticized. It was just kind of like, all me it's just me in this program and this is it's me but then like you said uh at some point you real i realized that it was just what i wanted to make if i did it all by myself it would take exponentially longer on top of which i would have to learn more things it would take more time and uh i slowly began um outsourcing a little bit of here a little bit there and uh i have a bunch of I kind of have, I've been forming a team and they're uh, right now they're kind of like outside contractors, but hopefully if this Kickstarter go, does well enough, a, it could be more of a full-time or just get more work. Um, Cause I really enjoy working with this team. They're so talented. I have a uh, two musicians that have been doing phenomenal work. I have a coder friend who is a wizard. He can make anything that it blows my mind. Um, who else we have? Uh, oh, uh, some, Oh, um, oh my gosh. A, a promo artist, um, uh, psycho ramen. He, he makes breathes life into my characters. Um, uh, I mean, I, I really enjoyed working with people. So, uh, I'm trying to make this Kickstarter as successful as possible so we can work together and make lucid as big and as powerful as it possibly can be. All right. Well, let's talk about this Kickstarter. So, you know, I think 
for a few years, maybe 20, I think it got really big in 2015, 2016. The, the idea of um, straight to the customer funding, mm. right? Yeah. And then, uh, then a bunch of scam artists took notice. <laughs> Dude. And it kind I of know. ruined that a bit. And there were others that I think were trying. I think at some point there was like, guys from obsidian teaming up to kind of make their own and it's more like an investor uh version of it but i don't mm-hmm. think it did anything from time to time and then kickstarter came back even stronger with a lot of board games analog yes. games card yes. games a lot of games that you go to target started that started in kickstarter are on their shelves which was yep. amazing um and then you know now you're starting to hear more like serious indie games are still having success on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm sure like you guys were, as you guys were planning this, like what were the avenues that you were thinking and where is Kickstarter now with all this, just as kind of like a casual observer? <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's really, it's, it's an ecosystem for sure. And it's really an interesting one. Um, Cause like anything you, you think you see it and you're like, Oh, that's, that's that. And then you get in there and there's like a billion rules and regulations to like, if you follow these, you'll do better. And here's some tips and tricks. Um, so Kickstarter, like you had said, I, I didn't know there was like scam artists. I didn't know that was a thing. And people were asking like, so how do we know you're not going to like take the money and run? And I was like, that's an option. <laughs> but I basically just have like, just look Please look at the work, um, the the amount of love that's into it. Like, there's just no way, it's just not going to happen. On top of which, I've uh, partnered with a publisher, and I'm like contractually obligated to yeah. <laughs> make something. So, uh, I've, on paper, I have to make something, and uh, also this is my life. I would never ever do that. Also, I'm not a scumbag, but um, yeah, it's uh, Kickstarter is an interesting one. It's uh, we're trying, I'm trying to make it so that it's very incentive. Uh, people are incented, incentivized to um, back the Kickstarter for like exclusive stuff. Yeah. So um, a big part of Kickstarter is like, what, what makes it special? Like why do it now? And usually it's bought with like a, a quote unquote, like a discounted price or a bunch of like Kickstarter exclusive in-game items, be it skins or yeah. um, uh, talismans that are like, items and games that alter your player character um uh, wallpapers physical media albums um well i can say for uh lucid's kickstarter uh, there's a bunch of digital rewards little goodies that people will get and it's going to be a a big illustrated digital map of uh the world and it's uh, made by this super talented artist um i hope i'm saying your name right buddy uh hugo Piera, I think that's how you say his last name, but he's super talented. Yeah, we haven't announced it yet, but I think by this, by the time this airs, we will have. If not, whatever is a surprise. Uh, but yeah, super awesome digitally designed map. Um, also, there's going to be a prequel comic done by uh, Ray. Um, oh, jeez, last name. I think his last name's Cadbury. Sorry, Ray. Love you, buddy. Um, but he's an awesome illustrator making this beautiful prequel comic. There's also going to be a Lucid album. Uh, what else is there? An art book. Um, oh, and then a bunch of wallpapers. And that's just the, like every backer gets those digital goodies. And then on top of that, there's a, oh no, 
I think I lied. I just must misspoke. At a certain tier, you get those. I forget. But yeah, there's a bunch of incentives and goodies uh, with Kickstarter that make people want to be like uh, uh, feel like a part of this project because uh, they're going to have an intimate relationship with me being the dev. Uh, they have like a direct line of like, hey, what if it did this? Or hey, this doesn't, I don't like the way this works. So it's for people that really want to feel like a part of a passion project. At least that's what, it, from my optics, that's what Kickstarter is to me. For, for real, yeah. I, I think um, the industry itself, just naturally, we like stuff. Um <laughs> I don't know if anyone ever made this connection, but to me, like Kickstarter, I feel had a lot to do with the streaming revolution. That's my how so. I just came up with it. Yeah, well, well, I mean, as, as a streamer, and they get their donations through Twitch. You know, there's a lot of contribution. I want to be a part of this, right? You know, there's a lot well, of like support directly from viewers and customers. Yeah, to me that didn't exist until Kickstarter came along, you know, even Patreon, you know, a lot of what they do uh, yeah. is modeled after what Kickstarter, you know, created. Yeah. And I, so I, I can see that. Well, I, just to mention, you know, either good or bad, right. Speaking of scams, <laughs> I still think it's a scam. Um, Star Citizen, you know, recently across uh, $600 million of contributions it's it's, a, it's hitting it's breaking guinness world records of you know the highest donated game ever right jesus so there's a lot of people out there and you're getting these questions oh you're a scammer it's like i want to give but i've been so hurt and abused mm -hmm. <laughs> right yeah but like people like stuff they like they like wanting to be a part of something i think more now than ever right um yeah to have a voice be a part of communities um, and I think it's grown, uh, exponentially, even Kickstarter with Kickstarter, I think they've grown in other industries, but for games, it wasn't as crazy It's not making headlines as it used to. Right. But, um, uh, the, 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 the community of giving or being a part or donating or backing is gotta be a hundred times or a thousand times bigger than it was even at the height of Kickstarter in 2015. I think, I think just you're absolutely streaming. right. Yeah. Just because it's streaming. Yeah. Alone. Um, it's, I think it's like a, a holistic, like uh, ecosystem of, like you said, like everything kind of feeds into each other. So the ideas of Kickstarter and the community then like feeds into like, Oh, what we should be doing community and streaming and then yeah. do that with discords and everyone kind of feeds their ideas into each other. It's all Kickstarter. They should have, they should have licensed all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That was, oh that's God. them. That was all of them. Um, yeah, I can't find that contribution to anyone because a lot of before that was just professional gamers. Mm -hmm. um, but no one was really streaming to that extent. I mean, yet YouTube sort of, but like not to yeah. the extent of how big it is now. I don't think at all. Yeah, I um, I was late to the streaming like biome. I, uh, I, I lived on YouTube and I didn't. I, I don't frequent Twitch. Like yeah. my, I guess my favorite Twitch guy would probably be Maximilian dude. And um, yeah. I didn't know he streamed. I was, I thought he was a YouTube guy and they're like, no, he streams and then records to YouTube. And I was like, you can, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Twitch is really interesting. I've pe peeked my head in and uh, I feel very like outsider in cause I'm old, but I'm still, I think I'm part of that for sure. Um, I don't get it. <laughs> I'll say it to that extent. It's like people just give yeah. me money. 
For I, I still like what are bits? What are bits, bits of what? Yeah. What's and a bit? I know Twitch is still king of everything, but like I keep hearing how they're awful to their top creators. It's like like every other week it's like you know, banning this and that. I was like, what is this going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very, the rules, uh, as they yeah, I'm very like, outside. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I, I've probably I really should get in there and know what is going on, but my old man brain's like it's new and different and I'm scared. I'm yeah, like, <laughs> I think I'm I'm past the age of embracing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done like some pixel art streaming and some game dev streaming and me and my buddy did some like let's play streaming. And actually that kind of fostered the lucid yeah. discord community. It was a really good way to like connect, but it was never like a, um, not trying to like monetize. It was more just like, what do you guys want to do? You want to hang out and play video games? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They did. <laughs> well, just, just charge a entry fee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you got your twitch <laughs> but yeah it, it's a lot of um it, just to speak into kickstart and stuff um yeah i mean you know obviously i talk to a lot of people that come on here and you know, kickstart is still the the go-to um if you want yeah. to connect directly to 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 your uh base 100 um and then what i usually see is that you know eventually maybe that branches to a patreon or something but like um there's a lot of validation still with kickstarter um yeah. i mean the system works right it is a lot more self-promotion than it used to be um and uh the, the, it still has a very large community there i mean they they have really the front page the feature you know they they do help it seems right um it, it's so much bigger than i thought like it um I've heard stories and the board games, like you'd said, and just like seeing what they, you had mentioned earlier that it was much smaller before. And I, th I think, I think, I, th I think you're right because in researching and trying to figure out how to um, structure Lucid's Kickstarter, I obviously I looked at older and other Kickstarters, like, what did you guys do? What works? What are some ideas? And just looking at the numbers, mm -hmm. um, Hyperlight Drifter, that game, I mean, I love that game. Um, and it was huge. But um, seeing like their Kickstarter page, it's so minimal um, in compared to today's like standard, like what you need on a page. Um, like very little graphics, very little anything. And it did gangbusters for the time. And um, now it's i mean i don't want to diminish its achievements but like other games like you've said are now hitting like million dollar marks mm -hmm. and uh uh it, it didn't even hit a million it hit like 600 like only 600,000 but uh <laughs> if it was today's thing that that game would have done like 3 million or something but yeah. Uh, yeah it was much smaller back then yeah yeah it's exciting for sure i think um fortnite i think ushered a lot of gamers um and naturally go feed into the ecosystem that has been building since like our, our industry has have grown so like if you're a gamer like comics you like things <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so Pop I, exactly right it, it's just welcome welcome to to our matrix do you, right do yeah. you think that the gaming land like the consumer gaming landscape i don't know if it's an age thing but do you think that triple a 
burned us so many times that people are like, I'm going directly to the stores. Screw these middlemen that are clearly trying to milk and dime me for everything I'm worth. I want to support a passion project that usually has an ending better result than whatever AAA is churning out for the most part. Yeah, I think I probably uh, my bias is probably coming out. No, no, I, I think your intuition is correct. I, I, uh, AAA is becoming synonymous with day one patches, bugs, incomplete games. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, for that reason, uh, I think the general consumer is a lot smarter now. Like they understand. I'm surprised people out of the industry when I talk to them know what unreal is you know they know like these terminologies that unless you're a developer you shouldn't know right and they're talking about this stuff where years ago i was trying to basically justify that i have a real job (laughs) you know i mean you're you're like what you you work in the game you make you play games all day it's like no i don't (laughs) you know what i mean and that's just a difference of i think maybe the last decade Right. Yeah, a lot have changed since. Dude, if you told our parents what, well, actually, I have a story. There's a story of how I went to architecture. Um, essentially, my dad said, "You don't want to go into game. Does, you don't want to make games. If you want a family, you're going to want to make money, and you're not going to make yeah. money making games." Yeah. And he was only looking out for me because this was in like '95 or something. Right, and right. Yeah. his to them, it was like you don't. They don't make money. Flash forward, like you said, ten years or whatever, and it's like billion dollar industry like surpassing the cinema uh, cinematic industry yeah. oh my god dude yeah yeah and it just the the path i mean there's still no requirement for schools anymore if you want to get mm-hmm. any of these jobs you know it's just the work speaks for itself yeah so you can technically if you're smart spend your high schools learning all this stuff and get into the workforce at 18 yeah and then you know the salaries you know when you climb the ladder is it's a lot of respect equivalent to it's like doctors you know uh you know you go all the way to facebook to google to all these tech companies they're paying bonkers uh for the same skill set you know it is a growing and it's not just games you learn these tools you can use it in film and other industries Mm -hmm. now so it's it's insane the amount of people have grown so much that I am constantly surprised the knowledge um, base. It, it's really reassuring that mm-hmm. um, we are building the matrix. Is it essentially that? <laughs> yeah, man. The matrix is a video game, right? That's been <laughs> my theory. So it's going to be ruled by a bunch of game developers. Scary, right? Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, game design is like the epitome of every art form, like yeah. every single art form can be like inter injected into making a game or some game can have it all in there. It's a, uh, it's pretty wild. It's getting there, so yeah, right? I, I welcome our AI over or not AI, our overlord. game dev overlords. It's the same thing, dude. AI <laughs> game dev overlord. It's the same. It, like you think it's a coincidence that's all happening at once. Yeah. But, uh, uh, dude, so, uh, you know, we're, we're hitting an hour mark. Oh, you know, yeah. So um, I want to kind of shut up, hand over the mic. It's been like a I great been. conversation. I, I want you to kind of throw the Twitter handles or X X handles. Oh yeah, Instagram. 
the uh, Discord channel? Where can people find your Kickstarter campaign? How can Absolutely. people support? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. This was like super last minute, but I'm so glad we got to talk. It's been really fun uh, talking to you. Also, I never mentioned, um, are you wearing a like a Ken gi? <laughs> you don't wear this at home? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, I put it, on it fits, dress to the nines. I put pants on today. <laughs> it fits with the look. Uh, <laughs> but this is me fighting the industry. Uh, this is a history oh, with the you. podcast. You know, you, you're talking about burnout and stuff. This this was built on burnout. <laughs> awesome. So that, Dude, fight yeah, the power. I love it. Fight the power. But, uh, exactly. but yes, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, my socials, like I haven't spoken enough today. Um, uh, biggest one, if you could please everybody please go to lucidkickstarter.com and uh, hit the little notify me on launch button, please. It would be so, so awesome. I have poured my heart and soul into this game. Um, every penny I have, it feels like I've, it, it, I'm all in and uh, I want to make this as best as I can and have the best people to do it. And with your help, we can make it happen. So yeah, please go to lucidkickstarter.com and uh, follow along. Um, I hope you'll enjoy it. So that's the big one. Um, and then on Twitter, I think, I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. I think it's like the Matt Black. Let's see. Um, oh, my X. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, underscore the Matt Black, like M-A-T-T-E, um, like the material. Uh, you can find me there. And on Instagram, I'm uh, the Matt, uh, just Matt Black Studio. Um, I post a lot of updates, a lot of art, a lot of gameplay, mechanics, lore. Every post gets a little bit of lore. And uh, I've been, we actually didn't touch much on it, but Dark Souls was a huge influence on me. I love FromSoft. And it's mostly not so much the difficulty portion, but the world building. Um, I love telling story through. Uh, environment and items and uh so if you like lore check out the instagram and try to piece together the little tidbits have been trickling out um but yeah i also have a facebook there's a discord on all the socials you'll you can find the the discord um there's invite links but yeah we welcome you into the discord everyone's super friendly we have artists we have animators illustrators musicians uh programmers like everybody there and everyone shares their projects and help each other out um i have a good friend average joe he's making a game called edge of allegoria and i had like two days i was completely burned out and he sent me a demo and i spent the following two days like helping him make a combat system and it was so freaking fun but yeah everyone's very uh involved with each other's work and supportive so come hang out and uh talk nerd stuff with us so yeah yeah that's my spiel that's all i got cool man i mean i mean congratulations and and fighting happiness (laughs) again (laughs) uh and it looks great dude and you know we'll we'll do as much as we can on this side to to kind of Make sure that all the links that you describe is in the post so you guys can find it there. Uh, Give the support um, and everything. And it was really nice talking to you, Eric. Same, man. Uh, I hope I can see you again sometime. It was super fun. Well, yeah, we're we're friends for life, man. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Cool. All right, guys. See you next week. Hello, everybody. Brandon here. I want to talk to you today about something very special. 
We've been on this wild ride together, haven't we? From my early days as a senior employee, feeling a bit lost, all the way to leading multiple studios, transitioning to smaller indie teams and to the mobile industry, and now running my own game studio for the last six years. Throughout this time, you've been here listening and learning along with me, sharing this never-ending journey of discovery. This year, I'm kind of on this quest of meeting serial studio founders, discussing acquisitions, or exploring what it takes to grow a studio to over 100 developers. I've always tried to find an exciting topic to delve into, and every year is a little different. The focus is a little different because that's where I am in my career currently, and I want to be able to share what I'm learning with you guys. So I've always been dedicated to asking the tough questions, bringing you insightful answers from industry leaders and experts. And now I want to share with you how I'm applying these answers to my own journey. This is why I'm excited to announce that for just $1.99 per month, you can now subscribe to our exclusive content series. These bonus episodes will give you a deeper look into my personal experiences and how I'm putting into practice what our esteemed guests are preaching. It's more of a personal side of the journey that I hope will show you that we're all in this together and we're all continuously learning. Whether you're a game developer, studio founder, or just a passionate gamer, there's something in it for everyone. By subscribing, not only will you gain access to this exclusive content, but you'll also be supporting the ongoing production of the regular programming. It helps keeps the lights on and ensures that I can continue bringing you top quality content and insight into the world of game development. The links to subscribe are in the description. Your support means the world to me and helps me keep doing what I love, sharing this journey with you. So show some love, hit that subscribe button, and let's continue this adventure together. Thank you all for your continued support. And as always, stay tuned for more exciting content. Until next time, this is Brandon, signing off.